Now, singing is not my forte. I enjoy it. In fact, I love it. I did once have someone say to me, do you mind not singing into the microphone when you're leading? I got the message. I've also been known to sing opera and people are never quite sure if I'm for real or not. But I have been part of some musicals, mainly as the chaplain and definitely not for my moves nor my voice. One line from a musical that I was part of many years ago in Brisbane stands out and it was the musical, The Witness. The line was, the fire fell, the spirit came and nothing could ever be the same. The fire fell, the spirit came and nothing could ever be the same. Now in Acts 2, 1 to 4, we read, Jesus had died, he'd risen, he had ascended and he told his disciples to wait and wait they did, and they prayed, and then the Holy Spirit came. And when the day of Pentecost came, they were all of a sudden in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I would have loved to have been there that day. Talk about scary, exciting. And then they're propelled into the streets to talk about Jesus in languages that the group understood and people got saved. Their lives were transformed. So what does that mean for us today? Firstly, promises. His promises are true. It says in John 14, 26 to 29, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives, don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I was going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I've told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. He promises that the Holy Spirit will come that he will be with us always to the end of the age, that we will do even greater things. We don't have a private faith. Go share him. His promises are true. The Holy Spirit is with you. Secondly, his presence. And I will be with you until the end of the age. God, the Holy Spirit is with you. He's for you. A retired officer reminded me a long time ago, wherever you walk, wherever you go, imagine God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit around you. Walk with them. Talk with them. Their presence is with you. The third thing is power. His power is still available today. He still comes. He still does miracles. He still transforms lives. He still comes through again and again and again. I was at one corps and we had a lot of women and it was two single officers who were running the corps 
and we had a lot of men. So I said, we need a man. Still saying that. Well, we decided that we had some money set aside and then we still had to raise a certain amount of money. It's quite a large amount of money. At that time, there was a man who was overseas. God said to him, I want you to sell your business. I'm going to bless you. One day I got a knock at the door and I opened an envelope that came from him with a check in it. And the money we received was exactly the amount that we needed. Does God still come through? He absolutely does. There is power. There are miracles. God still works. And then the fourth is peace. My peace I leave with you. Don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. We need that peace. One of the signs of revival at the moment is peace, is unity. He brings his peace with the decisions that are made. The fire fell, the spirit came, and nothing could ever be the same. His promises, his presence, his power, his peace. Holy Spirit, come. Come into my life. Direct and guide me. We want another Pentecost we sing. I do. My prayer in these days is that the Holy Spirit would come in an amazing way on this Salvation Army of his. Stir us up. Touch our lives. Bring miracles. Bring salvation. Bring transformation. Propel us into our communities. Are you ready? So we need to pray. We need to believe. An army on our knees, rising up and going forward with him into our communities, into the world. Nothing more exciting, nothing more challenging. Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit, the comforter who would be with us always. He's in us. He's for us. He's working through us. He will be with you. So deliberately each morning, I ask the Holy Spirit to speak, to guide, to bring wisdom. We don't know what to do in these days, but our eyes are on him. Come, Holy Spirit. Will you join me in praying this, in believing this, in seeing this, in inviting him into every space? The fire fell, the spirit came, and nothing could ever be the same. May that be so in these days. So in case you're not aware who that is, hey, Miriam, welcome back. Uh, Commissioner Miriam Gluis is our national leader, our territorial commander. So if there's a place where the, the buck ends or the, it stops in Australia, that's the lady to talk to. Uh, if you met her on the street and didn't know who this person was, you would have no idea of the position she holds because of the person she is and the humbleness that she exudes in every single element of her life. She has a fair whack of the Australian slang and banter stick as well, um, which is just brings her into this sense of such comfort um, when you meet her, um, which is fantastic. So to be led by someone so grounded in that way, but so seeking after, and you hear it in the words that she said, come Holy Spirit, starting off each day, calling that upon herself as she leads our our national, this part of the Salvation Army, our national movement, um, we're in good hands. And I think we hear that in that. And so I just wanted to touch on some of the good points. And there's so many. In the space of, I think, what was like a six or seven minute video, um, 
sometimes you listen to something and you write a stack of notes. Other times you kind of get to the end and go, what, what, what did I just hear? But there were so many things in there and challenges within that short message that we just heard. And the first one, even just starting on, the fire fell, the spirit came and nothing could ever be the same. The idea of bringing the spirit within us and actually having that personal relationship and then nothing could ever be the same. And it's a timeless message that should speak to us with that same energy today as it did on that very day of Pentecost in the upper room when the spirit fell on the disciples. And then when Miriam goes on to share two very similar sayings, nothing more exciting, nothing more challenging. But I think if we just remember two words, it's a little bit easier of scary exciting, right? Scary, exciting. What has God got planned for us if we only commit ourselves to Him? It could be scary because, you know, the unknown is always that little bit of, uh-oh, what's going to happen? But we know if it comes from our Lord that it's going to be exciting and He prepares us for everything that may be placed in our lap, right? He's there with us along the whole way. And that goes back to when I was talking about the Spirit a couple of weeks ago. And when we are meeting with community, this importance of speaking in a language and in a way that others will understand, so important to know the community we we exist within so that then we can actually do that as well. And lastly, Miriam's challenge, and this is one I'll, I'll finish on for this bit before we look at the scripture for today. Miriam's challenge that we have been acknowledging, we have been looking at this over the last, well, I know at least since we, we've come here to, to lead you guys. It's come through the scriptures for us at Parable Gardens of, are you ready? Are you ready? This concept of, are we, are we prepared? Are we ready? So are we ready? That question we can hold for ourselves. So let's have a look at the scripture for this morning and let's, let's get into this next message, message number two. And it comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it starts a little bit through verse 3. Uh, so 3b, they say, and we'll be finishing around verse 13. All right, so that is in your newsletter. So follow along if you like, or up here. And it goes like this. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts from one body so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And I just pray that God will add understanding for each and every one of us this morning. There will be something that's shared today that will resonate within each one of our individual bodies this morning. 
And just to quickly touch on that last part, those last two verses from 1 Corinthians, verses 12 and 13. The last part of those verses is actually entitled Unity and Diversity in the Body. And that title in itself carries a stack of weight, I think, for us to grasp. And that that weight is this strength that comes from diversity, but unified by its proclamation that's crying out that Christ is why we do what we do. Through that diversity and the strength that comes from unifying those differences, as long as we proclaim Christ in what we do, there is strength. And the fact is, Christ, God, the Spirit, is the constant in all of this, right? We heard through looking through those verses, it was the same Spirit, the same Spirit, the same Spirit. And we know that the Spirit, the God and Christ, they're all in one. They are the constant in all of this. The body, however, each one of us, differs. And that's important for us to understand. Why? Because in part, It honours our free will, but it also allows us to proclaim Jesus to those who are yet to discover the love of Christ for themselves in scary, exciting, meaningful ways. Our spirit-defined gift may actually be the language, and I put language in little quotation marks because language we could just assume English or Cantonese or anything, right? But maybe the language, our spirit-defined gift may be that language that someone needs to find understanding. And our language can often be what we do and the way that we carry ourselves. But if we all spoke the same gifting or if we all spoke the same language, we would lose that beautiful diversity and the uniqueness to connect with others in a genuine and purposeful way. And I remember saying before when we've touched on nodes of this, that we don't want to be robotic, how boring that would be. We all have this beauty in this diversity, right? But it's never about self-proclamation, right? It's never about proclaiming ourselves, but always about Christ because gifts from God's Spirit proclaim Christ, proclaim Jesus as our Lord. So even if we feel like we're using a gift, even if we feel like we're being productive in ministry or within our life, if what we are doing is not exampling or honouring Jesus as Lord at the basis of what we're doing, then quite possibly it is limited to just being common good. There's nothing wrong with doing just common good, but where's Christ in it? Now, according to Paul, who's the, the guy who wrote 1 Corinthians, or at least is attributed with that, one way to know whether a person or a movement And when we say movement, as Paul is sharing, he means the church. And again, I I just love the subtle depths that we can miss here. Because when we notice the depth of calling a church a movement, we're not calling it a stagnant. We're not the stagnant church. We're the movement that is the church. We are very much by design called to action. As us being led by the Spirit of God is to listen to its claims about Jesus So according to Paul, one way to know whether a person or a movement as a whole, the church, is being led by the Spirit of God, is to listen to its claims about Jesus. We can do a whole lot of common good, but what are we sharing? What are we proclaiming about Christ in what we do? If we're existing for Christ, then we will exist in the knowledge of the sacrifice of the cross. We'll exist in the knowledge of the importance of community through the supper, 
and the promise of hope and abundant life that came through Christ's resurrection. So there's the three things there, the cross and what that represented, the sacrifice and the supper, the idea of coming together and the promise of hope and abundant life that came through Christ's resurrection. We're called to sacrifice ourselves for Christ and that's where we drop away all of that self-proclamation stuff. To encourage healthy community and to bring others towards, but also whilst knowing for ourselves, the hope that Christ offered that leads to our eternal life through his resurrection. And I know at times we've both shared, Karen and I, this idea of eternity starts now. Eternity starts now. Our adopting of Christ as our Lord over our lives as individuals and living through him. Eternity starts now. Let's not wait till we die to hope that that's going to come for us. It begins here. The bringing together of people into a community that exists to explicitly proclaim Christ in praise and in practice will bring together different gifts and it will bring together different abilities for that common good. The most important part is how they are used. They're all important. There is absolutely no hierarchy of which gift is greater as they are all granted through the one spirit who remains constant, right? So regardless of what gift you have, don't go comparing it to the next person next to you or whatever it is. Just take it, take it by the, I don't know, by the scruff of the collar and use it. There's no hierarchy of which gift is greater as they're all granted through his one spirit who sees each gift as a product of the whole, right? But when they aren't used, where they aren't used, it is like a missing cog in the inner workings of the big machine. And I'm not sure why I thought about this, but when we were in the chosen Bible study that we have on Tuesday nights, some weeks ago, it was probably maybe a month or so ago now, it starts again Tuesday, see you there, 6.30, the little plug for the chosen, right? This idea of children of God came through, right? And do you remember, though, going back, all of those, like, I'm, I'm thinking, even for myself, I'm 37 years young, uh, it was probably tw- even 25 to 30 years ago for me, going back to all those acronym rubber bracelet things, I reckon they gave them out as a junior soldier award at one stage or something as well, that went around, and they were like, WWJD, who knows what that stands for? What would Jesus do? Thank you. Crowd participation, I love it. Frog? Do you know what that one is? Fully rely on God. Did you re- didn't know that one? Awesome. This is great. Dog. Uh, there's some animal ones that are obviously related to kids, but depend on God. There we go. And I'm sure there were there were plenty more. But I'm going to make one up as well if it hadn't already been made up by someone else. But this idea of unique spiritual gifts and the knowledge that as children of God we each have these led me to a new acronym. And I'm hoping it's new, otherwise I've just completely ripped somebody off. But it is COG, right? So if we look at that and go COG, children of God. But today when we look at this scripture and when we think about how the the workings of God work through each and every one of us, there's two meanings here that work so well together when looking at today's scripture, right? We are children of God, C-O-G, COGs. Every single one of us are COG. Bit of a weird thing, but... But the nature of a cog within a mechanism is to provide a form of movement, isn't it? It is a link in a chain of progress that actually begins to make something work. When you take that cog out, 
that peace, that child of God out of the inner workings of the Spirit, it's not, it's not complete. It can't work. It, it, it's missing something. So verse 6 from today, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. We are all a part of the big picture, whether we like it or not. We are all a part of the big picture that Karen shared about last week, that missio dei, the mission of God. But if we remove ourselves from proclaiming God by never tapping into the spiritual giftings that he has for us, it's like taking that cog out of the machine. It will never work to its full effect. And I think we overthink this message a whole lot as well. I've mentioned that I spoke about the understanding of the Spirit within us about two weeks ago and said that we will only truly begin to feel and know the Spirit if we actually participate in the example of Christ. When we know what is of Christ, then the Spirit of conscience will then inform us daily. And so today we are looking at the fact that we all have gifts, right? Potentially giftings that are yet to be discovered but we are never going to discover these gifts, these gifts that are distributed through the Spirit if we don't know Christ. Because everything comes down to our relationship with our Lord. And if that isn't happening, then I'd say that is where we need to start. If that isn't happening, then that is where we need to start. I think sometimes we need to intentionally place ourselves in opportunities as well so we can find our ability or our gifting within it. Because where the heart is willing, the gift is acceptable. And that's a message that came even out of our Osom's time. Where the heart is willing, the gift is acceptable. Yes, we can offer treasures and things like that, but we can also offer our heart, ourselves. So if we offer ourselves up to be used, it is then that we can find our true purpose. Not to mention that God has said in his word that we will never be put into a situation that we cannot handle when we do that hand in hand with God, right? So we go to the scriptures like Philippians 4.13 that say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So knowing Christ is actively showing our belief through action. We're a movement, not a stagnant. We're a movement. The spirit today and Christ during his earthly mission were and are forces on the move. Like the wind, sometimes strong, sometimes mild, but always on the move. If we don't learn about our Christ and strive to live more like him by reading and understanding the text written in the Bible for ourselves and then applying it to our lives, only then truly understanding what it is to be spirit-filled and spirit-led, then what are the chances that we will ever discover our spiritual giftings? So we're told in today's scripture that it's the Spirit who distributes our gifts. Whatever they are, but if we don't know the Spirit, by living our lives through the lens of Christ, then we will never truly discover those God-prescribed giftings. I don't want to get to the end of my days and not have placed myself in every opportunity to be used in the way that God wants me to be used. Have I done that all the time? No. Certainly haven't. I've held myself back at times as well. But the challenge for us today is to place ourselves in situations where I think I could do that and watch God work within you. Because our whole belief is wrapped up in faith. 
So the challenge here is to take the leap of faith and get active for God. Read the word. Grow in character. Pray. Get involved with humility. Know the spirit and find your purpose and your giftings. Scary exciting, right? Scary exciting. I think we're silly to ever think that we will ever fully understand the depths of God. And actually the truth is we will never fully understand the inner workings of God. That's why he's putting it together, not us. So why do we assume that we know where our giftings lie when we truly lie in the hands of our creator? God is just asking us to commit ourselves to living out our faith faithfully through action. Now we often get told to work out what we are gifted at, right? Who has sat in church and maybe been, I remember sitting in a meeting one day, didn't know what was happening because, you know, you don't get to know all the inner workings until you're the one preparing it. And the minister or core officer or whoever's up the front, they go, all right, today we're all going to do something a little bit different and we're all going to do our spiritual gifts test. Have you been in that situation? We're going to sit down and do a spiritual gifts test to tell us exactly where our spiritual gifts lie. And then after that, the idea is to use that information to inform the best ministry or ministries that will suit our talent or gifting. Now, I don't, I don't shun those. They come out with some awesome stuff and they really do hone down on some things that you may be gifted at. But have you ever done one of those tests and just kind of felt maybe a little bit more at odds? Like kind of looked at what came up and went, oh boy, or oh, I don't know about that. It's like, well, maybe I didn't answer it fully honestly or what, what's going on here. Or we've done it, it's happened, and then the next week we've com- completely forgotten it. I still remain that they can be helpful tools, but they can also be daunting as well. The latest one that I did, like Karen was sitting on the couch one day and she came across one, I think, and I said, oh, let me do it as well. Why not? It's just, you know, on the phone, everything's easy, sort of easy these days. But the latest one I did told me that my top five spiritual gifts were, and here we go, apostleship, what? service, teaching, craftsmanship, and faith. And I don't know about you, but even now in the role that I'm in, these top five sounded challenging to me. I read them and they came up with all these descriptions on what each of them meant. And I'm like, yeah, come on, like, I'm going into this space of thinking, what was, what was my answers? Did I answer them as honestly as I could or what was I doing? There was a little sense of challenge there in that. But before I decided to change my life completely and go into what was full-time ministry as a core officer now, I tell you that I would never have assumed any capacity to do what I even do today. This is almost as becoming a testimony. I always said that I had absolutely no intentions of ever doing this. And you can ask anyone that knows me really well, family or whatever. My grandparents were core officers. Uh, They've done this gig. I've witnessed it. I've been around the Salvation Army my whole life. And I said, nah, that's not for me. Like, I'll help in the church. I'll lead from within and do things like that. But I will never do that. Joke's on me, right? Because I never had ever any intentions of doing something like this. But God is bigger than our plans, right? The mission of God is bigger than any of our plans. And God has had his own ideas about that. So when I stopped getting in the way of God's plans and accepted his direction, 
he provided and he continues to provide for me today. And that can be every single one of us. Does that mean I still make good decisions all the time? No. But as long as I'm aligned with Christ, as long as we're aligned with Christ, he will help us, he'll provide for us and he'll continue to do that to today. Now, I think it's safe to say that there are plenty of people who don't associate themselves at all with any gifting, right? We get so far into our own head saying, I've got nothing to offer, that what we end up just doing is sidelining ourselves from anything at all. But we're missing this point of faith, believing in what we cannot see. And time and time again, this reality of belief coming through action has come out through the scriptures that we've looked at over the last year and a half or so. So it comes down to this. If we haven't even put ourselves out there to say, I'm available, Lord, use me. How are we ever to find out what God has in store for us? We must ask ourselves the question that our national leader, Miriam, posed to us at the end of, am I even ready? Am I ready? Because maybe the first step is to simply open ourselves up enough to discover a capacity within to simply be willing to participate. By taking a chance on an opportunity to partner with that Missio Dei, the mission of God, the big picture mission of God, here is where we may discover the gift things that we never knew we had. Are we ready? Are we ready? Will it be challenging? Yes, but it's going to be exciting. If it's the work of God, it's going to be good. Scary exciting. Are you ready? So there's a song that play in the moment. And it shares the words, at the, the title of the song is Send Me. And the, the verse to say, if it's bandaging the broken or washing filthy feet, here I am, Lord, send me. And there's a pretty good example in there of how our Lord was a servant leader as well with the washing of the feet. If it's loving one another in, in sharing the prayer that Karen shared with us this morning, if it's loving one another even when we don't agree, here I am, Lord, send me. If I'm poor or if I'm wealthy, I'll serve you just the same. Here I am, Lord, send me. On the mountain, on the highs, or in the valley, in the deep, I will choose to praise. Here I am, Lord, send me. And it says, if I'm known by how I love, let my life reflect how much I love you. Because as long as we're aligned and we're building on that relationship with Christ and understanding his example over our life, truly knowing how to love, we can then open ourselves to say, Lord, I am ready. So as we're listening to the words of this song today, I ask you to ask yourselves, come into a prayer time with Christ yourself and to say, Lord, prepare me. If not, come to him and say, Lord, I'm ready because he'll speak to you through that. He'll share with you those opportunities to say, yes, I'm, I'm ready, Lord, use me. In new and exciting ways, in our daily walk, in our church, in our community, in everything that we do, it comes down to how close we are with our Lord, right? So we can say, Lord, I am ready.